This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. So I want to minister this morning. We have a lot of people graduating and, you know, it's a special time for, for families. And I was thinking about what would... Uh, be the greatest honor that you would see your child receive. And I'm, I'm going to talk about that really at the end of this message. What I b- believe would be the greatest honor for a mom to see her child achieve and get. And it might be a little different than maybe what you're thinking right now that would be. But So I'm, I'm calling this what every Christian mom wants their child to know. And I'm going to tie it in with the the series that we're doing on um, eternal security, being secure with the Lord. And our theme verse for this has been 1 John 5, verse 13, and where it says, If you believe in the name of the Son of God, these things have been written, that you would know you have eternal life. God wants you to know that you have eternal life. He, He doesn't want to be guesswork. He doesn't want you to be wondering, uh, is God going to get mad at me this day and kick me out of the family or, or something like that? And there are some that believe that. There's some that believe if you die with unconfessed sins in your life, you will go to hell. And we want to be those people that are secure. What parent would not want their child secure in the relationship that you have with that child? So we're going to continue to look at this. And, you know, if you don't have that security, you're always in the, really in fear. Maybe you don't realize it's fear, but you, you're always trying to achieve. You're always trying to be good enough. You're always trying to get righteous before God or to keep your righteousness. And we know we can't. You cannot. Is any, anyone in here perfect? Raise your hand. You're not. (laughs) None of us are. And that's what God wants us to know, that he knows that, and he wants you to be secure in your relationship with him. So we talked about last week some things that I want to continue to. I talked about that we all have habitual sin. And that's kind of shocking when I made that confession that, I was not perfect, and that there was habitual sin in my life, and even on the way to church last week, the Lord reminded me that I was speeding, and it had become a habitual sin, especially when I'm in a hurry, <laughs> a running late, and, and we all have this. In fact, we, we all plan annually to sin in advance. We prepare for it. It's called overeating. At special holidays. Well, pastor, that's not a sin. Yes, it is. (laughs) To God, there is no big and little sins. The fact the Bible says, if you miss one little part, the message Bible says, one slim miss. You just miss it in one area, you've broken the whole law. You missed it all. So the righteousness of God had to be given to us as a gift. And that's what God did. He gave us His righteousness. 
And that means when God sees me, he looks at my spirit, not necessarily my behavior. Anybody in here saying, hallelujah, amen. (laughs) Because our behavior sometimes does not represent who we are on the inside in our spirit man. But God looks at our spirit. He is the spirit, and he looks at our spirit. When he sees our spirit, he sees righteousness, the righteousness of God in Christ. That righteousness is so pure, it's so holy, that it says it's been created in true righteousness and true holiness to the point that I can stand before God without any fear, without any guilt, without any inferiority, without any condemnation, as white as snow, as if sin never, ever existed. That's the righteousness of God that's been given to us as a gift. So therefore, I can go to God even when I mess up in my soul, my behavior, and my body, even when I mess up, I can go to God, to the throne room of grace, not the throne room of judgment, but grace, and receive help even when I've blown it, even when I missed it. And I don't have to go like I used to do when I first got saved. It would take me a week to get back to where I was before because I had to do my penance, you know, I I had to feel bad about it for a week. But now I can feel bad about it for a couple seconds. Lord, forgive me. And go on because he sees my spirit. Now that brings security. That brings some peace on the inside of us, knowing that God looks at our spirit man. What about the soul? You got to do something about the soul. Your spirit is saved but your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality is still being shaped and formed by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. It's called renewing the mind. You're renewing your mind to who you really are in the Spirit. And that's what the Christian life is really about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, And brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. And we see... He's he's talking about carnal, carnality, or some translations say worldliness. I could not speak to you as spiritual because you're worldly. Uh, You're out of fellowship with God. Or you're a baby. Spiritual babies. Now, it's okay to be a baby if you're a baby. But if you're a baby in the Lord and you've been saved for 20 years, something's wrong. Something's wrong if you're still feeding your 20-year-old. Something's wrong if you're changing your 20-year-old's diaper. Something's wrong. Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) Well, that's what Paul is saying. He's been speaking about how sin has been defeated because sin is no longer an issue. Jesus Christ went to the cross, took forgiveness for all of our sins, past, present, and future. Somebody told me one time, I don't believe he has forgiven my future sins. Well, you need to believe he's forgiven your future sins because they're all future from the cross. And he paid the price. 
So sin is not the issue. The issue, and you could say it like this, there is one sin that Jesus didn't die for. And that is rejection of the cross and the price that was paid. Rejection of the gift of salvation. There is no forgiveness for that. But we have received him. But we're not to remain carnal or to be spiritual babies. But I want you to see here, he said, he called them carnal. He called them spiritual babies. But he said, in Christ. You can be carnal and still be a Christian. You can be a baby and still be a Christian. Because it says you're in Christ. That means you're a believer. You can be secure. And this is in your notes. You can be secure in your relationship with God because of the cross. God knew you were going to mess up and he paid the price and the blood of Jesus is still effective for you and still cleanses you. So we don't have to be afraid of God getting mad because you kicked the dog and you got upset. Upset at mama because she burnt the toast. You don't have to think, well, God, you're going to kick me out of the family? No. It's already forgiven. Now, you need to deal with your behavior. And we talked about 1 John 1, 9. He's faithful and just to cleanse us when we ask forgiveness, when we repent. Change your mind. I'm turning from that. Forgive me because mama's not going to be happy. If mama's not happy, nobody's happy. If mama's happy, everyone's happy. Smile. That's in 1 Bob 2, chapter 1. No. <laughs> so this security, really you've got to be secure in your relationship with the Lord before you can even start working on those things and allow the Spirit of God to work on your behavior and work on those issues in, in your life. And Mama wants you to be secure in your relationship with the Lord. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. It says, whereas this one Christ, after he had offered a single sacrifice for his sins that shall avail for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, then to wait until his enemies should be made a stool beneath his feet, for by a single offering he has forever, say forever, he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. You have been consecrated and made holy by the blood of Jesus. By the price that was paid. Completely and forever. You're not getting kicked out of the family. You didn't mess up so much that your God kicked you out and said, no more. You know, I've had enough. You've done this 50 times, Bob. I'm kicking you out. No, because he already took care of that is covered. So when you're born again, you're forgiven, cleansed, and become a new person. That's the reason when people say they've got to confess all their sins before they die or they go to hell, it's wrong. It's just not true. In fact, I could prove it to you, you said you, you're welcome to go boldly to the throne room of grace when you've blown it. Well, you're going to the throne room. <laughs> you leave, you die, you go there. Just 
Confess it there then. It, it's just not true. This thing is complete forever. You're not getting rid of God. He's on the inside of you. The Bible does not teach that God accepts or rejects you because of your actions. It teaches that your actions are never good enough. That's what it really teaches. That's what Paul was dealing with. He was teaching them about the grace of God and what God had done. But then the other side is, are you telling me that I can sin and live any way I want to live? No. And that's what Paul was addressing. He said, no. I can't even talk to you as, as spiritual because you're carnal. And you're, you're babies. And he wouldn't get on the people because they were babies. They, they were new believers. Because it's okay to be a baby. But if you've been a baby for so long, it's not okay. Well, Pastor, I don't know if I'm a baby or not. Ask your friends around you. <laughs> Babies want attention. You can spot a baby. They're, they're the loud one saying, see me, see me. <laughs> they need attention. They, they're, they're not the ones that are easily dismissed. I mean, you can spot me in a congregation. They are loud. See me? I'm a baby. I need some attention here. Don't elbow anybody in here. Spiritual babies. 1 Peter 2, verse 2. It says, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. We need the milk. And what do babies? Babies have to be fed. But what God wants you to do is become a self-feeder that you can get in your Bible and you can get before God yourself and start feeding yourself. That's when you... You're growing. You're moving away from that. He wants you to see babies have to be served. They're not serving others. Babies don't know much. Just ask a baby next time. Just ask them a question. They won't answer you. Because they don't know the answer. And they can't talk either. But they don't know the answer. And we're to learn, we're to grow. How do you learn and grow? Through the Word. Getting the milk. On a consistent basis. Getting the basics on the inside of you. And you can grow. You see this in your notes. Living a blessed life and growing in the Lord comes from continual hearing and doing what the Bible says. And Mama wants you to grow up. How do you do it? By hearing the Word and doing it. Doesn't mean that you're perfect. You're just taking action to do it. Scripture on that is James 1, verse 25. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Now, the perfect law of liberty hears the Bible. Looking into the, 
the Bible is looking into freedom. It has the power to produce freedom in your life. Freedom for what? Freedom from sin. Freedom from those behaviors and those thoughts, that attitudes that do not line up with who you are in your spirit. Because the real you is the spiritual you. And it starts molding, it starts shaping your life. It brings freedom. Now, if you want to stay a baby, don't look in the mirror. The enemy doesn't want you looking in the mirror of the Word of God. What's the mirror do? It shows you who you are. And the more you see who you are and the Spirit of God ministers to you, the more you start to live that out. The more you can accidentally start live, living holier that way than any other way. Because it affects your identity. You start processing and seeing who you are in Christ. And that you are His creation. That we have so much to be thankful for. When I think about the cross and the price that was paid for our redemption. I'm glad He did it before we were around. He did it before the foundation of the world. It was mine. He did it before we were around because we would have messed it up. No, I wouldn't, Pastor. Yes, you would. <laughs> we all would have messed it up. So he did it without us. He took care of this. It says, not forgetting what he has heard. Looking into that word. What does God say? You look enough and you start remembering who you are wherever you're at. Babies. They're not productive. You heard anyone bragging about their baby? Well, you don't know what my baby did today. <laughs> my baby accomplished this, 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 this. Say, what? How old's your baby? <laughs> Two months. How long have you been in this deception? <laughs> Babies don't give, they're being given to. They don't pray, they're seeking prayer from others. Babies that have been babies for a long time become critical and judgmental and blame others. Because that's what, if your baby could stay a baby mentally and, and grow up, they would just be a judgmental, critical, they'd be screaming. Where's my milk? <laughs> First John 3, verse 2 and 3, talks about every believer has a built-in desire to live holy. To live, and when I say holy, I'm not saying perfection. I'm talking about a separate life. Not a worldly life, but a separate life. Separate as unto the Lord. It says, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Every believer has a desire on the inside of you to live a pure, holy life. Everyone has 
that as a believer has a desire to do right, to, be, to live righteous. This desire may not be, you may not fulfill it, but it's there on the inside of you. And when you feed on the Word and you get the milk in you, you, you start growing, that desire grows and you start becoming that. You start becoming what you're beholding in the mirror of the Word of God. We want to change other ways. We want to lay down the law, but the Bible says the law is the strength of sin. If you can say, tell someone, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, it creates a desire in you to do it. Graduation is a great example. They say, don't do this. No one, everyone hold the applause to the end. We will all together celebrate and applaud all the graduates. That lasted maybe one or two people. And then you hear it. And then the, the lady announcing the names comes out with her rebuke. <laughs> Did we not just have an announcement? We're in the house of worship. We want to bless Bellevue. Let's remember to keep it down. She put her look stern, you know, but gentle in there. I think that lasted one person. And everyone is feeding on all the don'ts, you know. Don't do this. Don't do this. And I'm telling you, on the inside of me, as one, I'm thinking, I'm under authority. I want to do right. But it started creating a desire into me. In fact, I reached over to Aaron. I said, Aaron, I will give you $15. That's <laughs> just where my mind was going. Aaron, I'll give you $15. If when Lauren gets up, you will scream and just jump, run down. <laughs> I was having the grandpa moment. I, mean, I said, if you will run down to the front, run over to that lady and gently slap her in the cheek. <laughs> and he's going, yeah, I'll do it. And he said, I'm going to run out of the building now afterwards. And now I'm sorry, God, he might do it. Oh, uh, Aaron, uh, and he goes, oh. he was playing me then. But sure enough, by the time he got to Lauren, and, and by, it was so much by that point, who's going to let their kid go about it? You know, it starts working in reverse. There was pressure the other way. This is really strange. But see, that's what the law does. You cannot have dessert today. You cannot have it. I forbid it. In the name of Jesus, no dessert. We're all having dessert. <laughs> I'll never forget I believe it was uh, Robert Morse was telling about a friend of his that did experiment. And he was thinking about the law and the strength of the law. The law is good, but what was there for us to point to is that we needed a Savior. We needed Jesus. We needed help. And it, it's still the principles are good. Now we have the grace and the strength to fulfill. Okay? But you were given all these things. Let me 
restate that. We have within us that nature that we can obey God. And so he reduced the law. I'm going to get off of that because I'll take off another way. But let me just say this. He put the laws inside of us. And really it's down to this. Love God, love people. Serve the world. But anyway, his friend said he had his, his daughter was having a birthday party and uh, they had a swimming pool out back. And he said, no matter what you do, he met with all the kids, no matter what you do, do not spit in the uh, flower bed. Do not do it. You know, we just worked on that and everything. And then he spied and he watched. And he watched child after child. First it was a, a little boy just snuck over there and go, spit. Well, that started the parade. And he said by the time, he said the one that really got him is when his own kids and his boys over there doing the, uh, <laughs> spitting in the flower bed. I'm telling you, there's something in our flesh. We want to do it if you say no. <laughs> and where was it? There's something in us that wants to do right. We got to keep our eyes on the Lord. We got to grow in Him. And we got to be patient with ourselves. Sometimes we get impatient with ourselves. But be patient with you. Because he's patient with us. Next you see this in your notes. Sin gives the enemy access to your soul and body. The reason we, we don't want to sin is because the wages of sin is still death. It's still that way. Romans 6 verse 16. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? Now we have the power to choose. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey His teachings we've been given you. Now you're free from slavery to sin. You have become slaves to righteous living. So the enemy wants to bring death into your life. He wants these wages. He wants to bring a poverty and and lack and discouragement and uh, unforgiveness. He wants to bring uh, bitterness. He, he wants to bring all these things against you to work death in your life. But we can choose. When we choose, all God wants is our will. He empowers us to back up our choice. He said, you choose life or death. You choose this day. So we choose by act of our will. I'm going to follow what God says and he gives us the power to fulfill that. Not perfectly. You're not going to get perfect till you see him face to face. Amen? Is anybody happy about that or just me? Okay. <laughs> I don't have to live holy for God to accept me, but my actions and attitude determine how my life goes, how I get along with others, how blessed I am in this life. And I, I just put these down, just some thoughts I don't live holy because I have to. I live holy because I want to. I don't live right to obtain his righteousness or his acceptance. I live for him because I have 
his love and acceptance. I don't serve him to get saved. I serve him because I am saved. I don't love others because I have to. I love others because I am loved by the one who is love. I don't give mercy to others because I have to. Because mercy, but because mercy has been given to me and mercy has changed my life. I don't pray for others because I have to, but I want to because the same love that Jesus has loved me with has overtaken my life and must come out of me. Amen. God would still love you if you lived in sin because of your spirit that is righteous, but you would not love you. And life would not go well for you. And others would not love you. But God deals with us as his children. And it says he chastens us. And that means training like a child. Like you bring up a child. There's discipline, there's correction, there's change. Like a father would a child. It's for our good. Living holy doesn't make God love you more. But it does increase your love for him. Living an unholy life will not cause God to love you less but will cause you to love him less. And in, in closing, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11. For I know no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, now it's talking about the judgment day, seed of Christ that the believers are judged by, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through walls, a wall of flames. The senior notes, living life for God is eternally rewarded. Eternally rewarded. And this is where I was thinking, what would make a mom the proudest of their child? Or a dad, parent. What's the greatest reward that you could receive? And that is when God is passing that rewards. That's when God is saying, your life had purpose. Your life was a life of love and service to God and to others. And God himself passes out to your child. Can you imagine the joy that would be in your heart, your life? As your child, God calls out your child's name. You talking about mama being proud. And we're proud of graduation. We're proud of accomplishments and things in this life. And we, but think of that. God passing out rewards for lives that you touched, the influence that you had for God's kingdom. And the master gives the reward. And it's eternal. That reward will last for all eternity 
I believe that's the greatest honor that could be given to mom. I believe that's the greatest honor that any person could receive is for God to say, well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. That will touch the heart of God. It's what God wants. Let's bow our heads. My question today are you his child? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you accepted him? That's really the question of life. Will you make him Lord and Savior? Will you surrender to him and live for him? He's really made it easy. He's done it all. Our parts to believe and to trust him. Today is the day of salvation. The choice is yours. And maybe you made this choice before, but today you realize that you're not in fellowship with God, that you're not connected like you need to be to the Lord. And you need to get back to the joy of your salvation. You need to get back to living for Him. It doesn't mean that you don't enjoy life. You enjoy life more. It doesn't mean that every second you're singing the Christian song. It means that you carry Jesus on the inside of you. And everything that you do is filled with His life and filled with His peace. That's you today. No one looking around. If you just lift up your hand, I'm not embarrass you. We'll pray together. Anyone in this place say, that's me. I want prayer today. Yes, I see those hands. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Any others? Any others? Say yes to Jesus today. We're going to pray together. Let's pray. Let's all say this together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus who died for me. I realize that I have failed in so many ways. But all it took was one failure. And I'd be doomed to hell for all eternity. But the blood of Jesus has been spilled for me. And that blood cleanses me. I received the cleansing blood. I surrender my life to live wholeheartedly for the Lord my God. For He has done great things. He has done so much for me. And I give my life to Him. And I'll love you, Lord. And I'll serve you. Thank you. Thank you for saving me this day. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Let's give God thanks for these that came to Jesus this morning. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free 
at 866-383-8277. Oh, I'm a sinner again, forever.